with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Joining us now is Rabbi Yehuda Glick, and he is a former member of the Knesset. He is the founder of Shalom Jerusalem Foundation, and he is a friend. We've been together in Israel, in New York, in Washington, and we've watched the changes of the worldwide uh, thinking of Israel and of course, of the changes in American Judaism. I am so happy to have him here, especially now at this time, as we are commemorating Yom Yerushalayim, the 55th uh, anniversary of Jerusalem, which is a very important discussion, especially with what's going on around the world, and to discuss what is Zionism? Where is the Zion in Zionism? Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Shalom, Cindy, from Jerusalem. It's wonderful talking to you. I uh, just want to fix one little thing. It's not the, the fifth anniversary of Jerusalem. It's the 55th anniversary of the reunification. Uh, Jerusalem is 3,000 years old, and uh, it's Correct. eternal. So, Correct. Uh, well, when I talk about it... When I talk about it, and when I talk about it to Americans, and they... We talk about, and you're going to go into it in detail, of course, the legal, the historic, the religious, the economic, all the values of Jerusalem. I don't even break it up and think about it. I just associate it as Jerusalem. So excuse yeah. me, but you are accurate well, in, in defining it. Go ahead. Continue for sure, on. For sure. Look, the, re- the, 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 the movement of the return of the Jewish people to Israel, which began at the end of the 19th century, was called Zionism. And they chose the word Zion, even though there are many names to this land and to the city, because Zion represents the divine presence of God in Israel, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called the city of Zion because Zion lays in in the city of Jerusalem. Zion is the Temple Mount. It's called Mount Zion in the Bible. It's called the place where God's name, uh, his divine presence is here in this world. It's a place where we can refer to God uh, when we, we, we want to talk to him, we want to speak to him, we want to bring to him, we want to praise him. All of that is, is the center of, of the Zionist movement. And uh, 55 years ago, as you mentioned, we received a present from God and a diamond. A diamond, uh, and I would say we received it so miraculously, we could never have dreamt, never have dreamt. We were in a situation, we were under threat. It was a 19-year-old country uh, surrounded we were population of less than 2 million surrounded by 200 million who were determined to wipe us out from the face of the earth people were joking well the last one turned off the, the lights in the airport people there were there were plans for for uh, humongous cemeteries because the, the feeling was there was definitely going to be many many victims to this upcoming war and we were begging the world. One thing, 
please help us survive. That, that was the only thing we were we wanted. We were the uh, the, the the memories of, of the Holocaust. Many of the people that were living here at the time, it was like like years that we're going to have a Holocaust in our own country, and suddenly, against all the odds, in six days. We managed to overcome all of our enemies on every one of our borders, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Libya, Egypt, all of them. And we managed to return to the historical land of Israel, Judea, Samaria, and the, uh, the cherry on top, the diamond on top, Jerusalem, Temple Mount. And the question is, if since we received such a beautiful, wonderful, present from God. What have we done? What have we done to Zion ever since uh, we've received that wonderful present from God? And here I have a lot of questions because Temple Mount is in our hands, but till this very day, it's controversial whether you can pray on Temple Mount. Every time there's a decision by the court in Israel allowing people to pray on Temple Mount immediately, uh, uh, King Abdallah condemns and Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, comes in. When there are youngsters throwing stones on Temple Mount, when there's harassment and incitement, nobody condemning. That's the natural music on Temple Mount. I think the time has come to change the music on Temple Mount. I think the time has come to say loud and clear, violence, hatred, Murder, terror, out. Prayer, joy, singing. Let's make the place holy again. Somebody once said, let's make America great again. Let's make Temple Mount. Let's make Zion holy again. Let's make Zionism. Let's return Zion to Zionism. And I think it should be our responsibility. When I say our, every single individual, everybody who believes in this place, look, just a few weeks ago, we had an opportunity. We had Ramadan together with Easter, together with Passover, together with the, even the Druze celebration of, of Nabi Shueb. We could have been a day where all the nations together would be praising Hashem. Instead, we had a day where there was friction, there was hatred in the air. The time has come to say enough is enough. God gave us this present. Let's turn it into something so beautiful, so wonderful. It's our responsibility, the Israeli government, the religious leadership of all people who are believing in God, because the Temple Mount is holy for all of us, any believer in the Bible. And I want to remind you, the Bible was the bestseller way before Harry Potter. A thousand different languages, four billion copies. And the story that the Bible talks about is our connection to this land, the people of Israel's connection to the land, to serve as a light upon the nations, as a source of blessing to all peoples. So it's our responsibility. Well, I, put, I couldn't say it any better myself. I have a couple of questions, though, for you. Uh, one of my listeners uh, wants to know, what do you say to people today when they read the news and they see that American Jews do not have a feeling and relationship with Israel that they once did. And I could say uh, that to the uh, Democratic Party. Very, 
very, very, very tough question. I would say it's even a painful question because we know that throughout history, Jews were praying towards Jerusalem. We were mentioning Jerusalem so many times in every one of our prayers, three times a day. Even, you know, when a Jew eats a piece of cake and he makes a blessing, thank you, Hashem, for the delicious food, we, we mentioned Jerusalem, we mentioned Zion, we mentioned our connection. Every single Passover evening, we would conclude with the next year in Jerusalem. It was the strive of the soul of every single Jew throughout history. Um, are people feeling too good where they are and feeling no need for any connection? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a global problem. People feel no more identities. We can blur all the identities. Everybody's the same. No uh, gender identities, no national identities. But listen carefully. Ever since the Babylonian tower, through the Soviet Union and through the European uh, uh, Union, never have we been able to erase identities. People have an identity. They know who they are. We have a family identity. We have a community identity. We have a and you can't erase that. It can't be erased. If you erase it, you really have no identity whatsoever. And therefore, uh, I think it's, it's, it's very important that we reach out to our Jewish people around the world and tell them no matter what the controversial issues are, the basic of the whole thing, the core of the whole thing we have is Jerusalem, which should be a city of shalom. And you, what, something bothers you in Jerusalem? The best way to overcome darkness is by adding light. Come to Jerusalem. Come to Israel. Come to Temple Mount and bring joy. Bring holiness. And say it any bring better. The, that's the only way to overcome darkness is by adding light. Well, I, I could tell you, traveling around the world, different places, I, and I hear it from so many people that are really, you know, really travel regularly. It doesn't matter if they're in the five-star hotel in Europe or they're on a safari in Africa. When they go pray at the Western Wall and they see Jews from all backgrounds together, it's a feeling like no other. It, well, that's, well, we're on the way. We, we have to continue up the bridge because where it actually is, is Temple Mount. We have to remember that the Western Wall is a retaining wall outside the one place, the one place where God's divine presence rests is Zion, Temple Mount, which is supposed to be, as Isaiah says, a house of prayer for all nations, the source of the word of Hashem to the world, uniting us all, uniting us all, and not uniting, as I said, not unite, a, a, a unity which erases identities. Like, you know, the conductor in a concert, he doesn't, you don't see his face. No. You only see his back. He's not playing any of the instruments. But he's, he's there to make sure that the violin is not threatening the drum and the, uh, the saxophone is not threatening the piano. Actually, each one of them is adding to this harmony of the world. And that is the beauty of it. And that is what we need. We need that Jerusalem should be that center where all mouths, where all hearts and all souls are, first of all, inspired from, but secondly, directing towards there and understanding that we're all part of one big puzzle. And we're not, we can't threaten each other. We can no, only we can. complete each other. And uh, we can only 
face our prayers towards shalom, which is actually not peace, because peace is a small piece. We want the whole. We want the harmony. The harmony of the diversity, where on the one hand, we're all part of it. There's no exclusive, only I'm here. And on the second hand, no erasing identities, strengthening the identities as part of one great, one great world of God. Shalom. That's the word shalom. Two quick questions. First of all, shalom. tell us a little bit about the Shalom Jerusalem Foundation. Hello. Yes. Uh, the Shalom Jerusalem Foundation was found uh, when I left. I was a member of the Israeli Parliament for between 216 and 219. And when I left the Parliament, I felt that I had the opportunity so many times to meet uh, non Jews who wanted to connect to Israel. And then I said to myself, look, we're living in a time where we see the Bible unfolding. The prophecies coming out of the book, materializing, becoming a reality in front of our eyes. The Jewish people came back home. Jerusalem is once again the capital of the state of Israel. Now we're next to the next generation of Zionism. And the next generation of Zionism is turning Zionism not to a national phenomena, but to a global movement. And that's what Shalom Jerusalem is all about. Taking Zionism and saying, guys, we're all part of it. God chooses Abraham and promises him you'll be you'll have the descendants and you'll have a land and your name will be so big enough. But all those are tools. The goal, you will be a source of blessing to the families of the earth. And that's where we are. We're here to get the nations connected to the next step in the redemption process, the next step in the fact that that, that we shall serve as a light upon the nation. So Shalom Jerusalem, we deal with teaching, raising the awareness of Jerusalem, the centrality of God to all peoples, the importance of all of us to take responsibility to the word, spreading the word of, of Jerusalem, the word of, of God, of, of the Torah, and, 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 and uniting in prayer. We, we, we're, we do very often prayer together, and, and, and we see how, how, how there is so much that we can unite and, and cooperate together for the benefit, for the sake of, of all of us. And to make this world a, a better world to live in and to make Jerusalem holy again. We only have to change the music. We are running out of time and I have two huge topics. So you're going to have to come back. I want to, of course, talk about updates with the Iran nuclear deal because that's going to have a big impact. And then, of course, we want to have you back to discuss updates from uh what's going on in the Israeli parliament and the elections and uh, that well, in that, and of itself. That, that changes every, every, every 10 seconds. So we I are going to have you back for that. Before you leave, though, please share with the audience. And I love the fact you stated it. You have a huge non-Jewish following, as do I. And that's what we love to do. We love to find our common ground and work together in common sense, knowing the facts of our histories together and bringing shalom bias to everybody. So tell us where... I'm happy that you mentioned... I'm happy you mentioned that that, that term shalom bayit, because shalom, uh, we spoke about, bayit. One other thing that we very strongly connect to our non-Jewish community is the idea of values. And one of them that are at stake at this very moment in this world is the value of bayit, of family, of home, not only house, the concept, and we deal... uh, Together with my wife, we've established uh, an organization here in Israel called Amitim, which means young widows and orphans, which really uh, families that their house, uh, private house has gone through destruction. We, what we do is not strengthening orphanages or strengthening 
taking the children out of the houses, but strengthening the family because the very, when God created man and he created man and woman together, the very basic community a man is, lives in his, his family, his husband and wife, and the parents are a source of blessing to their children. And this is something we, we developed here. I'm not going to go into too many details. We developed here a concept, a model. We're copying it onto the world. But this is something that many believers in God can, can unite because we see that people are telling, listen, you don't really need a family. You can bring a child alone. You can separate families. Everything is so easily, and people don't understand how important and significant a family is for a child and for, right. for, for his growing up. And this is, these are ones that when God says to Abraham, you will be a source of blessing to the families of the earth. God says, I want you to teach many values. So we spoke about family. We spoke about shalom. We spoke about prayer, about Torah. There are so many things that we, with the believing non-Jewish world, uh, can do together. Look, so many years, the Jewish people had to cope with non-Jews who hated us. Now, it's a, it, there's a new challenge. Learning how to cope with those who love us. And really, many of them are, are really becoming our great supporters. And by the way, I got a surprise for you. Not only the Christian world, we see the Abraham Accords has opened a totally new world. Of, you know, I just found out this week, you know that there are 77 flights this, every week from Dubai to Israel, and the friendship, the peace, the warmth of the, of the friendship is so powerful, and, 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 and we're going to see that those who are promoting hate are going to be stuck way back, and those who are promoting faith in one God and want to live together and want to benefit from each other are going to really lead. They are the future. They are what Zionism next generation. So you're going to come back and discuss all this with us. We could talk Andy, about my, Now family. you have my phone number. Now you have to know how to find me. I'm available for all the audiences, for everybody, because we are here. Descendants of Avraham who taught us, Hineni. Here I am. Here I am. Not here I am. Here I am. But here I am to serve you, God Almighty Hashem. Let's change the music and let's bring back a much, let's make this world, make, make Jerusalem holy again and make this world uh, be blessed from Jerusalem and from God himself. Well, I hope to see you in Eretz Yisrael in the future and uh, learn... Good luck to your son and his new uh, new house and we're waiting for him here in Israel. Well, you'll have us visiting way before that. Rabbi Yehuda Glick, thank you so much for joining us. He is coming in from Israel, so if there are points where it sounds a little technical difficulties, please bear with us. This is international. He's going to be back, and we're going to get now really all the updates from a former Knesset member. Who You're I all have welcome, to- by the way, to visit us at shalomjerusalem.org, shalomjerusalem.org. You can come and visit and follow, and if those of you want to contribute and be part of what we're doing and partner with what we're doing, you're not only more than welcome, you will be blessed. And we will be blessed by your cooperation. Thank you so much, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, for joining the Cindy Grow Show. Shalom from Jerusalem. Lahitra Ot. Kosher CBD is a kosher certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use kosher CBD products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S. grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab tested to ensure 
ensure we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines. CBD line with both gums and mints. Immunity pack, gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of focus. And pure full spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, koshercbdofficial. Use code CINDY10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified, USDA Prime, high choice, and dry aged kosher beef, veal, and lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, dry aged beef, takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry-aged with additional products coming just in time for Passover. Each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at prairiestreetprime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S. Find us on Instagram and enter our dry age sweepstakes before Monday, April 4th, 2022 for a chance to win our four bone USDA prime 28 day dry age prime rib or our USDA prime 28 day dry age tomahawk. Prairie Street Prime is your luxury kosher experience. Joining us now is a name you don't know. But if you are a President Trump supporter and you want to see President Trump as your 47th president and you are calling out all the rhinos, then the next candidate for governor of New Hampshire is definitely somebody that you should be aware of and get involved in his campaign anywhere you are in the country because New Hampshire starts off the presidential elections. Julian Asiad is running for Congress. He is running against a powerhouse family, the Sununus, but we have seen already in primaries, being from a powerhouse family doesn't always work in 2022 and 2024 politics. So thank you for joining the Jewish Patriot with Cindy Gross and tell us a little bit about you and your campaign. So my background is I was not born in New Hampshire. I was actually raised in, I was born in England where my parents were still active duty and then raised on Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. I grew up up here in New England and New Hampshire and I graduated and went active duty in the Marine Corps. I served overseas in Iraq, you know, blown up, shot at, all that. And I ended up being medically retired in 2011 for a burn pit exposure and chronic lung deterioration and respiratory arrhythmia. And, and uh, I ended up being a homeless veteran for a while. And thanks to getting back in touch with my faith and uh, a couple of the guys from my unit telling me to snap out of it, that I'm basically telling me if I don't accomplish uh, great things that they're going to kick the crap out of me. So uh, I got up. I started going back to school, uh, finished, and uh, my background is Homeland Security, anti-terrorism with an emphasis in behavioral psychology. 
I, I do political strategy and messaging for multiple candidates all over the countries, particularly in deep blue and purple areas throughout uh, the country in the 2020 cycle. And I am one of Kimberly Clasic's Red Renaissance candidates trying to flip districts, trying to secure turn purple districts into red districts. And uh, I've been working on the ground. I try to do things different here in New Hampshire. Well, I've been working on the ground since uh, the beginning of the election cycle, since the end of 2020 on voter integrity with the New Hampshire Voter Integrity Project. Uh, and we found that there were actual problems up here. There was a there was an audit in one of our towns that one of the Democrats had actually requested because she only lost by 24 votes. And when the audit was done, all the Republican candidates gained over 300 votes. So, and that, so. so that is some resume. And uh, we have to really go on to the fact that you're running in New Hampshire, where there's been a lot of headlines lately, where your governor has made some very public decisions that really are not traditional Republican conservative uh, issues on their agenda. Tell us the latest, because there's a list of many, tell us the latest that uh, Governor Sununu has declared uh, that many Republicans are very upset about. So the two biggest uh, well, I'd say the top three. One, during the pandemic, obviously all the governors took emergency powers in order to address the pandemic. At, when, as everything started to wind down, when we tried to get him to repeal, to wind that back, he was very hesitant because he wanted the power. Well, in order to get the budget passed that he brags about, that he also fought against quite a bit, in order to get the little addendums in that budget, he signed a letter and sent it to the House saying that he would sign a bill restricting his emergency authorization power or his uh, powers during state of emergency without authorization from the State House. When it came up on Thursday, he tanked it. So we have in writing, he directly lied to the people of New Hampshire and the state legislature for political convenience. The next one was uh, a parental rights bill. Didn't say anything extravagant, just that parents deserve to have a right in their children's education, and that if a parent has an issue with you teaching their kid sex and gender and all this crazy woke nonsense in a classroom, that you're not going to do it. That you can't ignore parents just because you were elected. That doesn't mean that you are now some omnipotent power that doesn't get questioned. And the third was tanking the redistricting map. So he tanked the redistricting maps in the state for like the fifth time. And it would be one thing if he said, I don't like this map, I'm not gonna sign it straight out the gate. But he let each time we went through the entire process to get the maps to the finish line. And then he yanks the rug right out from under us after already promising, this is a good map, I'm going to sign it. So now we are the last state in the country who have no re, no congressional maps. So our congressional candidates, and we have heated primaries with over four candidates in each district, and we only have two congressional districts. Those candidates don't know which towns in the outer edges of their district are going to actually be in their district, which means wow. that benefits the Democrat incumbents. Because we're the only state in the country that got a trifecta 
Republican State House, State Senate, Executive Council, which uh, takes the place of the Lieutenant Governor in most states, and our governorship. So we got it all. Our ed- education commissioner is a Republican, and he's a hardcore conservative Liberty University graduate. All his children go to Liberty University. So we make great headway in the state, and our governor has pretty much he's axed almost every good piece of legislation that we put up in the state. In addition to opening his mouth, particularly about Donald Trump, and not on a joking, uh, you know, talking about his hair or his tan or his hands or whatever, or his mannerisms. He directly questioned Trump's and his competence, which also at the same time, he also took jabs at Trump supporters, which I take an issue with. I don't need you to love Trump as long as you understand America first policy. But to take shots at America, at Trump supporters, and that at the average everyday voter in your base shows that you don't respect the voters in your base and you don't deserve to serve if you're not there to serve for the people. And if he doesn't understand that this is the new wave of the Republican Party, he's not fit to lead it. So let me ask you. Who are some of the people that have actually come out and endorsed you? I know many of the local and state level officials are coming out for you. Oh, yes. So there's town levels. I have a few state reps that have come out and endorsed. I'm going to be sitting down later today with a couple of the state senators to see about endorsements because they said, frankly, uh, (laughs) this is the time to get rid of them. I mean, we're in a we're in an election cycle. The only real criticism that every that I hear from older, more establishment individuals who are also not happy with him. He managed to piss off not just the Trump base, but he pissed off the more older establishment Republicans as well, because he refuses to get the job done. And I, I've talked to them and they're all, all their criticism is, what if we get a Democrat? Now, mind you, the national polling shows that even the weakest, most generic Republican is going to win in this election. I'm not weak and I'm not generic. Okay, so you you have on your uh, label uh, that you were running for Congress. We should let everybody know you were originally running for Congress, but when uh, Sununu actually made a video that went viral, uh, really calling out Trump and his supporters, that's when you said that was enough and you're going to jump in. You are a veteran. You are a minority. There seems to be a record number of minority, particularly minority men running in the Republican Party. Yes. And uh, you also are uh, someone who uh, believes in school choice. Yes, I backed ev- education and freedom accounts. And I worked on the, so I've been working with multiple groups. The New Hampshire moms worked on education freedom accounts with, our education commissioner, who's done great things uh, to move the ball forward. We worked against the mass mandates in some of our worst school districts in the state, including in the state, including my own local district, who I've been, we've been fighting tooth and nail. And we also worked again, uh, we worked on that and we worked on the vaccine mandates, trying to stop those as well. We even got into a, a tiff with the governor over uh, executive at the executive council meeting, he was going to accept 27 million in federal funds from the Biden administration. But that 27 million, as most federal money comes, is it comes with a with strings attached. 
which meant we would have had to back vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates, mass mandates, and all sorts of things like that. And the result was we shut down the first meeting. And at the second meeting, nine New Hampshire state citizens were arrested, uh, supposedly on their arrest sheets for saying amen. Wow. He Wick. said nothing the entire executive council meeting. We were Wick. silent. Where can our listeners find your campaign? Reach out to you, donate. Of course, people in this day and age can volunteer from anywhere, even with making phone calls. Tell the audience where they can find you. So please come find me on Julian ACR. That's J-U-L-I-A-N-A-C-C-I-A-R-D for governor on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at A-C-C-I-A-R-D 2022. And I'm my website is Julian, the number four, nh.com. Julian ACR, thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot with Cindy Gross. Thank you for having me. Kosher CBD is a kosher certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use kosher CBD products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S. grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab tested to ensure sure we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines. CBD line with both gums and mints. Immunity pack, gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of focus. And pure full spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, CBD official. Use code Cindy10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. I want to close tonight with a tribute to one of my favorite comedies, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Instead, this comedy has become a very sad drama. It's called How to End a Career in 12 Minutes about Matthew Conaghy. And why 12 minutes? Because that's usually about the time a radio or a TV segment goes before commercial. How many actors are aware that guns aren't the only weapons young elementary school students use to harm and or attack? We understand Matthew McConaughey's personal connection to the Uvalde mass shooting incident. But we all thought the Oscar winner of Dallas Buyers Club realized staying out of politics was all right, all right, all right, after deciding not to run for governor of Texas in 2021. Matthew, you work in a business that promotes guns to young children. Have you forgotten the posters for your movies, Mud and Dark Tower? Let's have an honest conversation about guns and the border that is not too far from where you grew up. Let's talk about your religious and family values that progressive elected officials mock. Matthew, a better discussion would have been to address state and federal mandated reporting laws in schools. 
educators are required by law to address suspected neglect and or abused children. Or let's focus on the schools that are allocated state and federal funding for guidance counselors and social workers and support staff for students requiring extra services for medical reasons, including anger management and depression. McConaughey would have never been allowed to address the White House discussing that because the teachers unions would have disapproved. How many actors are aware that guns aren't the only weapons young elementary school students use to harm and or attack? Schools confiscate knives, pencils, glass, and toy guns. While Ivaldi and Parkland and Sandy Hook are the extreme, a better discussion is why we are allowing our youth to threaten, harm, and kill in schools, stores, and parks. Why are streets war zones? And why aren't we changing the lenient bail reform laws that will allow killers on the streets to harm others within hours? Is Matthew McConaughey dazed and confused? Or is he trying to revamp a political career that was a failure to launch? The multiple award-winning actor wasn't always against guns. The star of True Detective was passionate about honoring the students and teachers murdered viciously. The green sneakers were a great prop. We should never forget those that died but it was painful to watch an actor who was not elected act as if he were. As a father of Hispanic children, he should be making passionate speeches about identifications to vote, upholding the constitution and teaching factual history in our classrooms. It is no coincidence that less than 30% of Hispanics approve of President Biden's agenda. Does McConaughey feel that we should have a national discussion about drunk drivers that ended up killing more people over Memorial Day weekend and use Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, as their poster boy? Can we use his legal smarts after playing a lawyer in a time to kill to fix the shortage of baby food, lower gas prices, and stop war around the world? Matthew McConaughey, I thought you were smarter than to be a prop. Next week, will Will Smith stand by a press conference with New York's Mayor Eric Adams and teach us anger management in a racist press conference? Eric Adams had a racist press conference just days ago. There are over 28,000 laws about guns. Most guns used in mass shootings are stolen. Most mass shootings are carefully planned out and hinted about on social media. Maybe Matthew McConaughey would have had more credibility if he asked for our educational and our technological systems to be fair and honest. Take a line out of your own life, Matthew, and not a script from the Biden administration. Now you lose something in your life or you come into a conflict and there's going to come a time that you're going to know there was a reason for that. 
And at the end of your life, all the things you thought were periods turn out to be commas. There was never a full stop in any of it. Tell me what you think and tell me if you think it was right for an actor to stand and bang his hand and demand gun control at the White House press conference. Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified, USDA Prime, high choice, and dry aged kosher beef, veal, and lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, dry aged beef, takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry-aged with additional products coming just in time for Passover. Each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at prairiestreetprime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S. Find us on Instagram and enter our dry age sweepstakes before Monday, April 4th, 2022 for a chance to win our four bone USDA prime 28 day dry age prime rib or our USDA prime 28 day dry age tomahawk. Prairie Street Prime is your luxury kosher experience. Isn't this a great show? Before we close, I want to share Another area where I think pearls of wisdom really matter, and that is getting out to vote in primaries. People are so confused here in New York and around the country with what is going on in the primary system. They don't know who to vote for what and what issues. I am telling you now, get out and vote. And... If the person you vote for does not win the primary, that doesn't mean your activism and your interest in November ends there. I know a lot of people are disappointed with Dr. Oz winning in Pennsylvania because they don't feel he's the true conservative. I know people are concerned about Georgia. I know that there'll be issues in New Jersey and New York coming up, Tennessee, But just remember this, the alternative is you get progressives and common sense Democrats, independents, libertarians, independents, again, independents, people who think for themselves are going to vote based on common sense, their safety and their pocketbooks. And Because our pocketbooks are being cleaned out to buy eggs and bread and wheat, we cannot buy ourselves luxuries like pearls. But pearls of wisdom are free and knowledge is power. See you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. 
Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.